Smartcast. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Society 13 Podcast Network Redefining Podcasts Society-13.com I like to listen You want to see something really scary? You bet Music Horror Art Politics And overall badass Welcome to Kettle Whistle Radio For real Society 13 Networks. Hello, kitties. Thank you for tuning in. Once again, if you like your horror, you're in the right place. You got director Johnny Daggers coming on, and of course, horror publisher, writer. Oh my gosh. The list goes on with these folks, okay? You're going to hear all about it. Mr. Gary Lee Vincent will be on. And if you're into violence and mayhem, sex, politics, you name it. We got it for you at Society 13, www.society-13.com. Sorry. Uh, please tune in. Check out the network. There's something for everyone, especially if you're into prog rock. That's one of our bigger shows. Check out Prog Watch. All right. And um, at, back to the violence. Um, let's, 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 let's hear this right now, okay? Stigmata Studios presents... The Scorpion Strikes. In this comic book, a terrorist called the Scorpion is transported to a secret CIA prison. He quickly turns the tables on the guards and administrators and releases the prisoners. A well-armed anarchist called Constituent Zero assembles a team and fights to take the prison back. This story is a dark political action thriller the Scorpion's actions set the stage perfectly for the Jin Jihad. Available on Indie Planet. Get more info on the Scorpion Strikes, the Jin Jihad, and other titles at StigmataStudios.com. Who do I have on the phone here? Hello, speak up. Speak up louder. <laughs> David, this is God. <laughs> I don't hear Gary. I, you will. He's here. Oh, okay. Hello? Hello? Hey, who do we got here? This is Gary. It's Gary Lee Vincent. And I have uh, yes. Mr. Johnny Daggers on the line as well. Never easy when we do these simulcasts, if you want to call them that, using different mediums. But, hey, folks, welcome to Kettle Whistle Radio. we got Johnny Daggers, Gary Lee Vincent. I don't even know how to introduce you guys anymore. Uh, Gary Lee Vincent. 
He's my publisher, writer at Burning Bowl Publishing, actor, musician, Johnny Daggers, writer, director, actor, model, musician. You guys have a lot in common, and now you have something else in common. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. I was very honored to be able to be Johnny Daggers' publisher for Neverlasting. So quite proud of that project. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm going to actually let Gary run with it because I know he's only got like 10 minutes, so I want to give him the floor as much as possible since he was kind enough to call in today. Sure. I mean, you guys were a match match made in hell, and I'm to blame for it. I'm very proud of that. You are to blame. <laughs> well, we thank you, David. <laughs> well, um, just a real quick uh, intro. Um, I was uh, approached by Dave about a year ago. We were working on a different project that, that Johnny Daggers might have something special in the works, and he was telling me about one of Johnny's stories, uh, God Token. God Token, yeah. And, uh, and then uh, had a, a telephone Johnny, and we started talking. And another project he had in the works um, is what we have out today, Never Lasting. And that sounded like a good first project for all of us to try. Mm. And it represents it represents one of Burning Ball Publishing's, uh, I call them art, artistic expressions or art house style books that uh, represents a merging of, of great literature as well as imagery. Um, much like you and I had, David, with uh, Dean and I in the comic uh, approach on that. Indeed. Well, By the way, I, I sold a lot of Demon Eye, uh, Gary, not to cut you off, but I sold a lot of Demon Eye at the uh, Zombie Fest this weekend. Oh, awesome. Congratulations, yeah. my friend. Um, and anyway, so uh, when, when Johnny and I were talking about the project for Neverlasting, he had some great uh, artwork that was being done by William Cope, and um, and it sounded like that would be a good first, uh, a first approach to see how uh, debuting uh, Johnny Dagger's uh, book and um, Johnny is a quite an accomplished uh, filmmaker and yep. model, of course, as you are, as you already uh, as you already uh, mentioned in the introduction. Yep. So this is bringing his literary side out into the forefront. And I will say this: I was very, uh, very impressed in a good way uh, by the the quality of writing that uh, Johnny brought to the table with Never Lasting. See, it's not exactly what you would call a a really long, lengthy, epic style story, but rather more in the vein of, of Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah, exactly. Which is, of course, of course, the, a lot of the uh, one magazine did mention him to be equated to a modern day yeah. Edgar Allan Poe for his generation, of course. Um, but but it actually has some legitimacy there because when when you listen to to uh, Neverlasting, we also have an audio book counterpart to this. Mm-hmm. But whether you read it, read it, or listen to it, it feels like you're back in Poe's world in the way that the yes. rhythm of the language. So sometimes a story stands on different things. Sometimes a story stands on the merit of the narrative itself. And other times it's in the pentameter, the, the rhythm of the words, and the way that it sort of hypnotizes you right into, it sucks you into a really clever story. Almost like a ghost story set, set and told around a campfire. And that is the kind of story you have with Neverlasting. So be able to bring this special... Uh, story out and to um, this this represents decent writing it represents cool artwork and it also represents burning bulbs attempt at, at an artistic book not just a, a black and white book but like right. a book has full color pages pages that look like they're antique in terms of the way that the ink is and uh, it has it has artistic expression on every page so between the pages that have just text 
and the pages that have the illustrations. It's just a nice representation of quality writing and uh, quality storytelling in both words and pictures. Yeah, as a matter of fact, like this is a whole new angle for Burning Bulb of lately because you uh, green-lighted that, uh, the, the coffee table book that I'm doing with that photographer, um, mm-hmm. Dead, Dead, Dead Memories, which um, is coming out pretty good too. Uh, do you see this as, as risky as my Demon Eye comic book or do you feel it's like this uh, audio and visual thing? Is this the new thing for Burning Bulb? Well, this is something that, uh, as you know, David, uh, Burning Bulb always tries to, to, to find new angles that can take the creative talent to the next level, whatever that may be. You know, that's why we've been dabbling into the movies as well. Oh, yeah, uh, <laughs> you have. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And um, so, for example, uh, with uh, we rewind also this for just, a, just a, a year and a half or so ago. We were doing like the Westward Hose book and then developed the Telsman comic and the Demonite comic. Mm-hmm. That is, that was, as you see the evolutionary path of that. We had short stories, short stories now made into comics, comics now whatever. And, um, and so now this, this is a similar type of trajectory where Neverlasting has a, uh, a, a shorter style story, but that's also in, embedded into a graphical, uh, universe. So it's not exactly a comic. That's why I say right. more lines of a, of an artistic book. So then you have that, and then Johnny also is recording an audiobook counterpart. Yes. And I'll just, I want to mention, by the way, anybody who does, we, we really want to encourage folks to pick up the physical copy so they can kind of see how everything's laid out. And of course, Johnny will sign this anytime you run into him if you buy a physical copy. But Amazon's having a promotion that if they buy the physical copy, they will get the Kindle edition for free. So if you, whatever email you buy through on Amazon, that's cool. They will then allow you to download um, a full graphic version. This is also another thing for Burning Ball is that the Kindle edition also is fully graphic. It doesn't have the graphics removed. A lot of times Kindle has a very basic textual converter which would strip all that away, but this one has the graphics and everything. So we want people to have the book, but uh, they, they'll also be able to get the Kindle edition see the graphics and save the book as a collector's eye. Very clever, very clever. I like that idea a lot. Um, are you guys going to be together at any shows? I know you both have very separate and busy lives. Uh, we all do. But uh, I don't know if <laughs> well, you guys are going to get together with this thing. I would hope sometime. I think, I think that that's, that will be an ultimate objective at some point. Obviously, we have been at shows before. Him and I met each other at the Horror Realm in yeah. Pittsburgh a couple yeah. of years ago. And so, I mean, and, and listen, we, I've sort of followed his career since then and you know, just kind of, you, you just, from a distance, obviously, we don't live in the same town or whatever, but, um, but, uh, it, it seems just to make sense that we will ultimately be doing shows together. It's just a matter of having, we, we have our mutual projects going on, and now we have a commonality with never lasting and whatever might come up next. And, uh, so I, I have very little doubt that we will all be at, at similar shows here in the future. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yeah, and Johnny, I mean, uh, did you have, was it a hard pitch for Gary or do you just like eat it up right away? <laughs> uh, well, you know, I, I pitched Gary the idea and he was very intrigued by it and you never know what you're going to get until you actually see it. So, sure. you know, I think that Gary, just having met me in the past, being semi familiar with my films, uh, I think in the back of his head he knew that he was going to be getting a good story, but I don't think that he really had any ex- ideas or expectations as to what. And as we had mentioned, I was originally going to release God Token, uh, which is 
yeah, a massive novel. It's great. But I didn't yeah, I feel, read it. Pardon me. I read it. It's great. Oh, it's still not even finished yet. I, know. I can't even remember. You have maybe only halfway through the book, if that. But thank you. Sixty pages. Um, but I, I didn't think, think yeah. that it was my first. I didn't think it would be a good first venture into the publishing world for me um, because it's more on the it's more on the sci-fi, sci-fi yeah. slash horror than it is just straight horror. Um, and that's always where my love will lies with the with the mental thrillers and horrors and uh, you know more of the archaic expressions. So I felt really I felt comfortable that Neverlasting would be the first, uh, the best first foray into uh, the there world. We go. Of- I, I would agree. I'm sure Gary would too. Um, Gary, I know you you got to run because you got to catch a flight to Hollywood for your 35th acting um, gig <laughs> in over a year. Um, but you want to tell people uh, you know where to find you. By the way, episode 148. If you go back, you can find out a whole lot more about Gary. He's been on the show. He's no stranger. Uh, episode 148 was all about you and all your projects going on. So they should go back to that. But anything else you want to get out there right now? Oh yeah. Well, I always like to tell people that uh, that things that we talk about usually are also listed on Burning Bulb Publishing. That's like mm-hmm. to light the light bulb that's on fire or a bright idea. So the easiest way is www.burningbulb and the word publishing, P-U-B-O-I-S-H-I-N-G.com, burningbulbpublishing.com. And, of course, one of the more recent announcements you'll see there is the announcement for Neverlasting, which will have mm-hmm. a description about the book and... You can see the really well-made trailer that Johnny put together for it. So you can see it, get a little bit of an idea of what you're going to experience with yep, it. Yep. it. It'll take you straight over to Amazon where you can grab your own copy. And you're going to hear the uh, a little bit of it later, I believe, Johnny. You're going to let me play that, right? Most certainly. Cool. Yeah, later on in the show, folks, stick around. You'll get to get your little uh, dose that definitely got me into, really interested in this book. Um the story, I should say, because there's so many different <laughs> angles on this. Um, all right, Gary, uh, anything else before we let you go here? I, I, I hate letting you go, but I know you're busy. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, I, just, I just dropped in for a quick intro for Johnny. I'll let you and Johnny take it for the rest of the, of the broadcast, but I thank you for having me on. Okay, Thank absolutely. you, Gary. I appreciate it. Thanks again, Gary. Nice hearing from you. Uh-huh. Later on, man. Okay, later. And we'll get back to all you folks here after quick break we're going to play actually uh a song that's uh, i i was going to play something else but then I, I this was so uh ooh spot on uh, a song called everlasting by deep space pilots and uh we'll get right back to you with johnny daniels
afraid of the dark, but you should be. There are things that dwell here in the dark. Things best left unseen. With the initial smoke cleared from the fall of tomorrow, the blood now flows even thicker with dwelling in the dark. Eleven stories. All bits of the same mysterious puzzle. Fitting together with horrific parallels to its predecessor. Get ready for new, truly terrifying tales set in the broken world from the fall of tomorrow. Take a closer look at what's now dwelling in the dark. If you dare. Available on Amazon in traditional print and ebook. Get your copy today. Visit www.fairydarkproductions.com for more info on the author and his work. Still here? Okay. Let's play a game. <laughs> All right, fiends, thank you so much for coming back and sticking with Kettle Whistle Radio. We got Johnny Daggers. Gary had to go. Like I said, he's a crazy actor. He's got this red eye to Hollywood. And <laughs> Enough about Gary. <laughs> he just had his own show, episode 148. Go listen to it. It's really good. He's a great guy. So, Johnny, uh, we just heard Everlasting by Deep Space Pilots, which I think is a pretty good tune. We'll see if you like that. Now, back to you, Neverlasting. This has been, like... Gary said, compared to Edgar Allan Poe in the New Age, um, but how is it different? Well, I, I think that, you know, it's really difficult to say. It has a twist ending. Poe had a lot of twist endings. Oh, yeah. um, the thing is, it's really difficult for me to be in this position because although Edgar Allan Poe is one of my all-time favorite literary figures, it's always difficult when you're compared to somebody of that statue. Uh, you know, it's it's an honor it's, too, though. It's an honor, it is. But you know, then again, I don't want people to think that I intentionally set out to try to emulate Poe's well, because that was never the intention or the case. It's actually just a way that I've written my entire life, and you know, that's one reason why when I discovered Poe around the age of eleven or eleven or twelve, uh, that he really struck a chord with me, um, because you know his writing styles were dark. And I was always fascinated by the macabre since I was four years of, you know, of age. And I've always just written, um, I've been told that I'm a 150 year old guy trapped in a 40 year old body. So, <laughs> yeah. I so yeah, it, it's, it's tough, man. It's tough to be compared to the great, but, uh, you know, I, I'm honored by it. And if there's any similarities, that, that's fantastic. It was never, never an intentional doing. Well, that's funny. I just went to uh, Zombie Fest. Me and John Towers worked it, and we had fun. It was hot as hell, freaking 90 degrees out there. Lots of bands, uh, Only Flesh being one of the better bands at the end of the night. Great time. But this guy comes along in a Star Trek uniform, <laughs> picks up uh, my, The Fall of Tomorrow, and he just real quick read through it, read through the back, the, the back of the book, and he's just like, Lovecraft, huh? I'm like, um, 
Yeah, actually, it is inspired by Lovecraft, and you don't know what to say in that. I mean, you, of course, we're inspired by the things around us our whole lives. And he did buy the book, and I was just like, yeah, the, my monsters are my own. But yeah, the idea is Lovecraft. I mean, he just created these things that nobody could imagine. You know, nobody mm-hmm. could. It's from your own imagination. Um, you like how much Poe did you read? You, you read everything, and you just like digested it, and then you're like, of course, it's going to inspire you. I mean, if you sound like somebody, I mean. Even George Lucas, who I know you're not a big fan of, he was inspired by some Japanese, what's his name? Uh, oh, I forget his name. But, uh, The Fortress, whatever movie. It just happens, you know, when you're around these things. And, and um, like, if you want to give us, like, a little bit of Neverlasting, like a synopsis, because I, I did hear some of it, and I definitely heard Poe. Well, I mean, it's definitely, you know, tales of lost love and despair. Actually, the, the funny thing is, you may not even be familiar with this although you are um neverlasting is actually an adaptation from an animated film that i was working on years back with doug bradley it was called moan arm car at that time right and uh, it was a very dark animated film people automatically again wanting to draw comparisons would probably say oh like a tim burton film no not like a tim burton film it would be in the fact that it's animated and it's dark but this goes way darker than you know anything that Burton has ever done. But we ran into some issues, you know, um, funding issues. We got halfway through production. We had Doug Bradley signed on to do the narration. His girlfriend, Steph Shulo, was helping with some of the set design, and yep. the film came to a halt. And it just sat for years. And I was actually talking to a good friend of mine, Jason Kolar, who's a tattoo artist and all-around artist. And he said, you know, Johnny, it's it's a shame. You had such a great script there, and Everything was going so good to see it come to an end. You should really do something with that and, and um, maybe turn it into a story. So I thought, you know what? You're right. So he kind of reignited that spark for me about cool. the story. But what I did was I completely – and I, I know you had never seen the script for no, Moan Arm Car. No, I had a little bit of an I, idea. Yeah. I took the script and I completely revamped it and made it even darker. And then it, it was more in a dialogue form before because it was for a film. And I just took that – basic idea of the story and turned it into as you've heard with neverlasting it's one long rhyming story you know of poetry uh, is what it turned in to be so i'm surprised and happy at the same time that all that work didn't go to waste i mean you there was so much work that went into that uh yeah. you know I, I got the other end of it from uh brian coddington recently because he did some shooting for me mm-hmm. um and just yeah i'm it, it's so great when a great when a story like that just doesn't dissipate into the universe and we never see it again because how many times does that happen i mean it probably happens to everybody uh, 10 on the 10, indie 000. scale it happens all the time yeah the good thing about neverlasting is that and or mo and arm car but I prefer to call it Neverlasting now since that's what the book is. As you should. Um, it will be a film again, and it will be an animated film. But we were trying to do stop animation before, which was very time-consuming. Yeah. I loved building the sets, and that was one of the problems is I was living in a giant loft at the time where I had room to build sets, but then the sets took over the loft. We didn't have the money to rent out a warehouse and ship the equipment or to ship the sets off, so everything kind of came to a grinding halt. Now the film is going to be redone. I've actually been speaking with an illustrator slash uh, animator, and we are going to make the film computer animated. Um, wow! It's it's just going to eliminate the hassle of not having space for our set designs and it's just going to make it much more fluid and easier for us to accomplish so um 
he goes under the moniker Wicked Scott. So he and I, he's actually moving out to the East Coast here shortly wow. uh, for us to begin the film work of Neverlasting. So, and I still want to go back and have Doug do the narration for it. So yeah, I have to look up Wicked Scott. I was going to ask you how many people are involved in this project. I, I mean, I, I, Gary's not doing anything uh, as far as the, uh, I don't know, the heavy lifting. He's just standing behind you for this or? For the film adaptation? Yeah, yeah. yeah, more or less. I mean, we talked about it, and we really liked the concept of having something that we could really market on so many different angles. You know, mm-hmm. you have the book, then you have the audio book, and then, you know, you have the film version, and you have this nice little package of everything that goes together. And, you know, like most great films, um, they're adapted from stories, so Neverlasting just seemed to be the, the perfect story. And it's such a fickle crowd out there. You have to have different mediums for these people to absorb. Uh, some people just want to listen to it in their car. Others want the physical form, uh, the older folks. And kids don't know what the heck is going on anymore unless they can yeah. see it on YouTube. Uh, you, you know, Gary brought up a really good point about buying the physical copy. I mean, honestly, that's really what we're trying to push with the release. And it will be available. He had to go so quickly. I didn't ask him when, but it will be available in Barnes & Nobles either at the end of the month or beginning awesome. of October. Um, but we're really trying to push the physical copy because this is something that you need the tangible physical copy of because of the artwork, because of the type of story it is. It was written as a very macabre, almost children story. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was actually inspired by my grandmother who has since passed. But, you know, her final day, she was always, always begging me and pleading with me, Johnny, you really need to do, uh, a children's book because I'm also an illustrator, but I never have the time to illustrate anything. And she's like, you know, I'd love to see you write and illustrate a children's book. And I, I told her, you know, Nanny, that's not my, that's not my style. You'll never see a kid's book from me. Um, but <laughs> when it came time to start working on Neverlasting, it, it kind of, evolved into that it's much more of a darker macabre i wouldn't say it's you sit down with your five or six year old and read this to them it's more for preteens and, and you know adults um mm-hmm. than actual children but it's written in that it's written in that style and uh i didn't have again i was finishing up blood on the reel and going to work on my new film noctambulus and i didn't have time to illustrate it so i reached out to a friend of mine william cope and said you know i got this what I think is an amazing story and, and you're a phenomenal artist. I think that if we collaborated on this and you applied some of your artwork to the story, it would, it would fit really well. So he was gracious enough to agree and now we're here. That's fantastic. Um, yeah, the influence of the grandparents that got me started too. It's, it's, it's kept me going, you know, rest in peace. Uh, but yeah, my grandmother had me going with the horror movies. She's the one that let me stay up and watch Night of the Living Dead for the first time. Nice. Creature from the Black Lagoon, you know. My parents weren't gonna let me stay up and watch that. And even, uh, Day of the Triffids, if you will. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. I love that movie. <laughs> but, um, not too many people do. It doesn't stand the test of time, but I think it does. I like it. I love, I love the idea. Just the idea alone. But, and my grandfather had bought me all these books on writing, and, and this is after he passed away. I was still getting these books in the mail. And yeah, you know what? You, you have a, a new drive when these people stand behind you that you know you loved and and admired and they they thought you had something you know and right. obviously you do because you're still going I, I didn't even like this is jump between god token and neverlasting since the last time we talked like i i thought when i saw neverlasting on, on facebook i was like wait a second wait wait wait, wait. 
uh, what happened to God Token? What happened to all? Yeah. And, and God it, Token will still be there. I just think that it's better off maybe three or four releases down the road. Than yeah, I it understand. Is right out of the gate. Totally understand that. Totally understand. I, I've been sitting on what I think is my best one now, three books in. And I, I was telling Gary, and, and you heard too for the first time. I haven't talked about it too much. Is Dead Memories, which um, I have a photographer taking pictures of antiques and items that just look creepy and tweaking the pictures, and then I write the story about it. And it's a good. Nice. It's, it's going to be a coffee table book, you know. Um, that just jumped ahead of the big one I'm still sitting on. So, and you you know how that is, uh, as you just said. Um, but, but now, what was the, the other movie you were talking about prior to that? Your next film that you're working on? Uh, well, we're in the midst of finishing up a new film called Noctambulist, which is a 1920s black and white silent thriller. So, how cool? You know, I've always been very inspired by early German expressionist films and, uh, you know, all the early uh, turn of the century uh, silenced. So mm -hmm. this is something that, I mean, up until now, I mean, Blood on the Real, my horror documentary, which you have a small part in, yes, I <laughs> um, released on June 14th. And that's great. You know, it was a documentary that needed to be told and it got a lot of stories out there. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's it's funny. I really like what I get to do with my writing as opposed to my filmmaking. And the reason that I say this is because I've never, I never aspired, you know, we've probably talked this, about this on your show multiple times because I've been on, this is probably like the eighth time now. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm not but, sure. <laughs> you know, when I got started into filmmaking, I never aspired to be a filmmaker. I made Sam Hain and it won the Bastards of Horror. And then it was like all of a sudden, hey, you know, you're in the world of film now. And had I known that I was going to end up in the film world, I would have planned my my steps a little bit better, you know, because although Sam Hain was a cute little short film, I suppose. Oh, yeah, uh, a great comic you know, book. You know, John Towers did that one. I love that comic, too. Yeah, oh, yeah, the comic. That was wonderful. But, you know, again, it wasn't how I've, I've always wanted to be in more of the German expressionist world as far as a filmmaker. Um, and, you know, Sam Hain, I don't really think is, is a perfect example of, of – where I'm at now, nor was Caustic Zombies, and Blood on the Real was a documentary, which is wonderful, and I love it. It's great but doing film. Noctambulus, doing this 1920s style, uh, full-length uh, feature, black-and-white silent thriller, this is really the film that I've always aspired to make. And if I do continue 10 years from now to make films, that's more in the realm in which I'm going to do. They're going to be more noir-style horror films and more you know, silent and early turn of the century style mm -hmm. horror films. So, uh, but with the, with, you know, with the literary world, um, because I mapped that out so well is because I've been writing my entire life that when opportunity knocked to sign with burning ball publishing, I wanted to make sure that my first release was something really sound and solid that would show the direction of my work in the future. So I'm on the right path. Um, in the literary world, and and now I'm just now there six years later in the film world. So, yeah, absolutely. I look so forward to seeing that. And Blood on the Real, folks, you got to see this thing. And I'm not saying because I have a bit, you know, role in it. Um, it. You know, I'm in it for a couple of seconds there. Whatever, you know, it's a you got to watch it for what it is and what it's about. Um, it just, yeah, just go. To, how, how do they find Blood on the Real right now? Uh, I mean, it's available at every single major movie retailer. You can pick it up at Best Buy, Barnes & Noble, FYE, um, 
Target, Walmart, Amazon, you name it. So any of the yeah. major movie retailers. Yeah, especially independent filmmakers. You definitely, definitely, it's targeted towards you. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here, but I think what we're actually going to do is uh, play a little audio from uh, Neverlasting. This was think? actually narrated by myself. So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, sh- should we tell folks what they're going to hear or just let it roll? Uh, I believe, and I sent you the link, but I've done, I've been in the studio for weeks now recording this. I believe I sent you the entire first chapter, which yeah. I think runs, uh, the reading runs around seven minutes. So you'll uh, have a chance to listen to an excerpt from the audio book and again, you know, myself uh, doing the narration there. So I hope you enjoy it. All right, folks, stick around and we'll get right back with Johnny Daggers. And thanks for listening. It was some hundred years ago. Maybe less, perhaps some more. There lived a baron, Victor von Herring, and his wife, Eva Lamour. They married and resided quietly in their castle on the hill, living lavishly and happily until the baroness fell ill. A high fever would eventually take her life, and with that said, the baron lost his wife. The loss of his wife would slowly drive Victor mad, forlorn for the loss of a true love once had. He screamed at the walls and paced the floors, and neighboring towns could hear his roar. Such anguish, they say, could never be matched, to love something so much that could never come back. The tears he cried never seemed to cease, and it rained for days upon bearing his decease. The plot that he chose rests under a grouping of trees. Now the very spot his proposal was never meant to be. He grabbed his shovel and started to dig away at the soil, preparing her departure from this cold mortal coil. Once the baron had victoriously dug some six feet, He gently grabbed his love by her arms, ankles, and feet. He lowered her down ever so carefully. Not even death could steal her breathtaking beauty. Now what would happen next, some would deem quite mad. But you might do the same if you lost the love that they had. He took out his knife and cut open her chest, then removed her heart from her ashen breast. A souvenir's reminder to which he hung on the tree, a symbolic gesture for the world to see. The baron filled the grave with the last shovel of dirt, then slumped his head and held his heart, which hurt. He raised his head, then screamed to the gods, speaking something in tongue which sounded rather odd. The baron plunged the shovel, thus marking his stand, then wiped the grave dirt from his trembling hands. This day he vowed to curse every child, woman, and man, and as he did, a shadow of death crept across the land. A cold chill swept past which shivered his spine. The baron buttoned his waistcoat and left the shrine. He checked his pocket watch for the appropriate time, then shrugged it off, for all that he has left is time. He hung his head, pinning his chin to his chest, then in solemn procession, headed home to rest. But how could he ever re-enter that house of death? The thought of it all seemed to stifle his breath. 
He had hardly the strength to retrace the hillside, for it was quite a long walk through the forest of pine. The Baron took his time, stopping often to rest, and with each nearing step, he held his hand to his chest. Suffice it to say, his heart was broken too, perhaps even three, and he was on his last leg when he finally cleared the trees. There up ahead stood the castle on the hill, a painful reminder to where his beloved fell ill. Now at the stairs he looked up at the steps. The house looked weathered and aged with regrets. The shutters teetered, held by one single nail, and the windows reflected his own personal hell. I will do this now, but never again. The Baron reluctantly opened the door, then slowly went in. He proceeded to his chair, as he did each night, sipping brandy from flask by the warm candlelight. Drink after drink, he could not drown his ghosts, so he invited them in to sit and join in his toast. Here's to you, those which will forever haunt me. Let it be known, I embrace your incessant company. His vision began to blur, but not from the spirits and glass. Victor von Herring was dying and let out a gasp. So soon, he said, you've only just arrived. Those were the final words to the guests by his side. Perhaps his guests took pity on his soul, for he invited them in and offered his home. But death has never been known to be so kind. At least he has finally reunited his bride. So there he sat, slumped in his throne. The Baron died, tormented and alone. And with his death, so died the land. But there is one more thing you must understand. Although the Baron died alone and confined, he lived in death, and in death he wandered the countryside. He comes in sleep with desires to enter your dreams, searching for hearts for his hanging lover trees. So take my advice and heed my warning. Be careful when remembering your dreams in the morning. Death is eternal, it goes on and on. For the sake of time, let's move things along. All right, my fiends, thank you so much for sticking around. And as always, the best conversations are off the air. And you're not going to hear about any of it. <laughs> oh, well. But we do talk about podcasting a little bit. And uh, Johnny had a show back in 90, did you say 99? Yeah, probably 99 or 2000. It was uh, on Live 365. And uh, back in those days, it's actually funny, I ran multiple podcasts. And one, actually, you've, you've heard some interviews from that. I did uh, the Head on the Cure.net radio show mm. where I had interviewed Robert Smith and yep. pretty much every single member of the Cure that were ever that ever came through the lineup so that's huge uh, yeah that was fun that's huge um yeah I, I should mention uh as i mentioned earlier this this book i'm working on currently the dead memories the photographer's name is uh tanya mendez maher i should have mentioned her this is the first time i'm dropping her name on the show she'll be very embarrassed by that but she's definitely worth uh, if you hook up with her on facebook you could probably see some of her uh, her work there. I don't know that she's putting anything out from the book yet, but we'll see. Um, okay, now, what did we just hear? We just heard seven minutes, uh, the first chapter of Neverlasting, correct? Yes, that is correct. 
All right. And, um, well, I can't wait to see what people think of that. Where is it? Can you give us a little snippet of what where Chapter 2 starts up? Or I don't want to give it away. I really want it to be All mysterious right. for All people. Right. However, I will I say this. Right now I am currently for the next week, and it's only going to be for the next week only, uh, if people email me at my email address, management at johnnydaggers.com, I will email you an MP3 of a – Unreleased chapter. So all, right now all we have is the Ooh. promo, and I've released chapter one to kind of entice people, but also to help lure them in just for this next week, I am going to be mailing MP3s of chapter seven. So way, wow. <laughs> way off in the middle of the book, um, which people would really be like, what the hell happened the first six chapters prior to this? But it's it's really intriguing, so I, I like the mystery behind it. But yes, email me, and I will send you a free MP3. Digital swag, folks. you got to love it. It's the new swag. I mean, it really, I, I used to love getting merchandise. I do. You know what's funny? I've been getting vinyl from bands lately. Uh, just this past week, I, I got three different vinyl albums. So there is something going on there in the tangible world, too. <laughs> yeah, vinyl's been slowly making a comeback for the, quite a few years now. It's nice to see. And it, it's it's a cheap... I mean, um, with my upcoming film, Noctambulous, I'm doing the soundtrack work on that and i have a guest vocalist from canada Jeannie uh taylor from the band curse curse in the woods she's going to be doing some guest vocals on the soundtrack and we're actually going to release it on vinyl as well for people so that was my next question i was going to say did you produce the music yourself the sound mm-hmm. effects and okay so and, but you have some help with this as well with the uh, soundtrack? Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm going back to Neverlasting. Are you doing all the music yourself that's in the background that I hear? Uh, it's a mix. It's a mix. I mean, some of the sound effects I'm finding on YouTube and whatnot because even though I love doing, uh, you know, sound effect work, it's just easier when you can find, you know, free sound effects on YouTube. But yeah, it's fun to be able to compose and be able to tie in the music with, with the audio book. And, you know, as you know, I've been on with, my old band, Brittany Bordella's band. So I've been been playing music most of my life. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, when I visited you, I went out to Maryland there and had the best crab cakes I've ever had in my life at Chesapeake Bay. Um, you provided me with some of your poetry and lyrics um, that you've I've been working on. You or I guess you've had your entire life. But um, was that the spawning ground for? everything <laughs> that you've done i mean now it sounds you know like your old project became your new project but was it poetry and li- and just writing lyrics for your music that you were like hey you know what i'm gonna start writing stories uh well i i've been writing stories long before lyrics and or bands it's i've honestly been writing since i can remember since i was old enough it's just i've always been fascinated um, and, and, and that's the thing too with films is that all the films that I've done, I, I've written the scripts for myself and I believe that, you know, the foundation for anything starts with a, with a very good story. And, you know, it's one of those things nowadays where even though I have a distribution deal for my films, everything is, it's still independent, which means I'm still self funding everything, which can be very difficult. And because we don't have major Hollywood studio backing, and it's a lot easier for me just to sit down with a pen and paper and write and not worry about coming up with a budget for a film or where I'm going to find shooting locations or who I'm going to cast in the film. Um, so I'm not giving up the world of film quite yet. Um, 
writing has always been my first love, and it's also just a lot less complex. <laughs> uh, I hear you, because you're going, yeah, you're going from brain to pen, not brain to pen to screen, which is that third step that costs a lot of money. Well, it's it's brain to, to, to paper to the bank to <laughs> <laughs> locations to then finding the right actors and set designs and props and all that crap, and then, you know, it's to the editing room and then to the screen and you know if you're lucky to procure uh you know a distribution deal like i did then you know um then you have that too so Absolutely. yeah it's a lot of lot of lot of stuff yeah your world is uh i'm kind of crashing into the fold here I, i'm in now five different films I, just a background scene in this one pit viper that's coming out um with my friend jess paul as the star yes jess i dropped your name this time uh th- th- we we there was a scene shot at a local bar you'll get a kick out of this all right and i interviewed the uh the director ian altabaugh and um their crew and uh, got to see the i got to be in the background whatever is a bar fight and I, I interview him. I put the show up. It's the last show before this one, actually, if you want to hear it. And not realizing, and the director never said that Jess Paul was the star of the film. She listened to the whole interview, and she's like, um, none of them mentioned me once. <laughs> I ran into her zo- zombie fest. She's like, you guys didn't even talk about me. I'm like, well, I, 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 you know, like, what am I going to do? I didn't even know you were in it. <laughs> Sorry. So we're going to get them back for that. But, yeah, that's the next thing happening. Um and you were talking about you've always been writing. I, I gotta tell you, cause I've never ever admitted this on the air. The first thing I ever wrote, I rewrote, um, don't be afraid, don't be afraid of the dark, the original version. Okay. I, I watched it, loved the film, and I went home and rewrote it. Okay. And then after that, Godzilla vs. Gamera. And <laughs> yeah. And I found out why it couldn't be done. Two different production companies. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, Toho, who? What? What do you want? But I don't know. Did you ever watch something and rewrite it? No. No, you just all original. Yeah, all original. Well, you're definitely, I, I gotta say, everything I've seen is very original. Alright, well, listen, this is where you should probably plug everything you got and where they should go to get it. Uh, let's see. You can go to my website, first of all, which is johnnydaggers.com, and you can stay up to date with all the latest news, happenings, merchandise. Uh, let's see. Terry Campbell Long of a company called Long Gone Dolls made some wonderful limited edition Johnny Daggers dolls, which are dead ringers to me, which is creepy but cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you can buy those on my website. We got T-shirts. There's links to buy Blood on the Reel, which you can find at any major movie retailer, including Amazon. Um, Neverlasting, which is currently available on Amazon, paperback and Kindle, will also be available in Barnes and Noble. Uh, let's see. I'm currently working on the 1920s black and white silent thriller, mm-hmm. uh, called Noctambulist, which we are, we have three more shoot dates left before we wrap that up. And, um, we, we actually on the last day of filming, which was yesterday, um, we did a photo shoot for Garters and Grill, Garters and Grills magazine. So myself and two of my actresses, uh, did a photo shoot together to, uh, help promote the film. And let's see, there's a lot in the works. I, I might be forgetting something. So go to johnnydaggers.com and, and keep up with things that my brain's currently forgetting. Yeah, you probably got some more. Are we missing something here? I, I have one more question. I, I really forgot Yeah, to go ask ahead. Um, as far as Neverlasting, is it more a love story predominantly <laughs> than a horror story? <laughs> no, no. It is definitely 
full-fledged horror story. Uh, it doesn't, I, just like all of Johnny Dagger's stories, there's no happy ending. Oh, um, and, you know, as mentioned, when it was adapted from the, the film version of a script to, to the actual story, it got even darker. Um, so, yes, it's definitely macabre and doesn't end well for anybody involved in the story. Oh, wow. <laughs> See, I, I don't mind that at all. Um, I, I also like a story when I'm writing it, 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 it turns out good for some folks, but not everybody. Well, it may turn out good for one person in <laughs> yes. the story. Okay. Um, somebody that you won't expect it, it, in my opinion, it's a very, tells from the crypt like surprise ending so um i'm not sure it's the person that we're really rooting for for it to end well but uh yeah other than that it's just complete dismal i mean i've i've always thought that the best stories throughout time have always been tales of Mm. love loss and despair because we all go through it you know in one way or another whether you were your significant other part ways or whether you stay together eventually one of you will die and it's going to end. So, <laughs> you know, there's um, always loss, love and despair. That's something I have actually thought about. It's, it's a terrifying ordeal. I mean, that your brain plays with and it's a reality and you have touched that subject. Um, well, let's uh, turn the tables here. DR, I forget. Are you still using your Twitter? I am. It's under Johnny Daggers 2 because I forgot my login for my old Twitter account and I couldn't get back into it, so I had to create a new one last October. So if you follow me on Twitter, at Johnny Daggers 2. Okay, and I'm always at Fairly Dark Folks, and thanks for the follows. I really appreciate it. Um, I know I pissed a lot of you off with my Suicidal Tendencies uh, lyrics, but they were lyrics from them, not me. Suicidal's great. Thank you. I- I, I missed the uh, upheaval over your your posting. <laughs> it was a DRI uh, one that got to them, though. Syringes in the Sandbox. I think oh, they okay. thought I just said it, but it's a DRI song, folks. I was quoting it, okay? I was in a bad mood. Go with me. And I just stay away from politics because it bores me. I, I, and also, all the shows that we have, folks, because I, I get a lot of flack for this, even though I plug it every time, go to www.society-13.com. There are so many shows on there, and Johnny, you will you'll love the Queens of NC Seventeen. These three, yeah, hopefully, maybe I'll be on that. Oh, show these day. three crazy chicks! Oh, they're so great. And uh, for anything, if you want to come my way at all, it's www.fairlydarkproductions.com. All the kettle whistle shows are there. All right. Oh, there, there's one more special person I do want to plug. Go for it, man. Here. Yeah, this is the uh, I actually just did some modeling for a custom eyewear company out of new york city it's called Lindsay low eyewear and she is making custom horror glasses for people you can get them with prescription lenses or without prescription lenses but she has these awesome spirit board uh ouija board glasses that she sent me that uh, i modeled for her and then did a little video of me unboxing it for the first time uh but it's really cool she makes some really awesome eyewear and uh it's just Straight for the horror fans, so check her out. Well, you definitely got the right crowd here for that. <laughs> Fantastic. And once again, Johnny, thank you so much for coming on. Um, hey, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. I'm sure it's not going to be the last time. <laughs> we got a lot going on here. And as always, we're both now on www.burningbulbpublishing.com. And you heard Gary earlier. Great guy. And thanks, Gary. Yes, thank you very much. All right. Well, if you want to say goodnight to the folks, that's up to you. Yes. Good night, everyone. Hope to see you out in the horror convention, you know, soon. Um, again, pick up 
A physical copy of Neverlasting, it's so much better than the Kindle. I myself personally hate Kindles and would <laughs> like the physical copy. But again, this book really was meant to be uh, held and, you know, have that physical, like Gary said, it's got a real antique look to it. The mm. pages look like they're ancient and the story is archaic and, you know, you're going to love it. So, All right, well. That's a wrap, folks, and uh, I appreciate you guys listening. And we're, of course, as always, we're going out with our uh, our favorite house band, Yard Panther. Thank you, Erica, Jess, and Dave down in Austin. I appreciate your time. All right, and good night. passionate about saving the planet for future generations do you want to learn how to do it if yes then you need to tune in to the nature back podcast it's a talk show covering the changing world around us from renewable energy sustainable agriculture circular economy to esg and social innovation don't miss this opportunity to discover how you can join the movement and make a difference subscribe to the nature back podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Deep Leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric acid.